Hi, and thanks for listening to In One Ear and Out the Other, a veterinary podcast for dairy farmers and their farm staff, brought to you by Anexa Vets. I'm Emma Franklin, one of the vets at Anexa, and throughout this podcast series, I'm chatting with other vets and some dairy farmers about a whole range of different animal health topics that can affect dairy cows in New Zealand. I hope you enjoy. Today, I'm joined by Travis Scott to talk all about young stock on dairy farms. Travis is one of our mixed practice vets. So Travis, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, it's no problem, Emma. It's one of my many passions uh, within dairy farming. So yeah, very happy to be here. In this episode, I'm talking to Travis about parasite control and drenching of young stock. Drenching of young stock. It's a huge topic. Everybody knows it has to be done. Everybody has their own system of doing it. But let's talk through a little bit about some different areas that we should be thinking about when we're coming up with a drenching plan for young stock, can we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's a, it's a good topic to cover. I suppose maybe I should preempt this whole conversation with saying that we're not going to try and solve any particular problems or give anybody one specific solution because every farming system is going to need their own tailored approach. And so really we're going to talk about some of the things to think about and then a farmer can take those questions or take those thoughts and have a conversation with their own vet to come up with the best plan for their system. Yeah, definitely. There's there's a lot of different ways to manage parasites um, from drench and also around grazing management um, and lots of other techniques that can be used. So there's definitely no one plan that fits all uh, with this sort of situation. So it's definitely best to discuss this with your vet and come up with a bespoke plan for your farm and your system. That's going to give you the best result going forward. In general terms then, when should somebody start thinking about drenching young stock? So that's always an interesting discussion as to whether um, uh, you look at using a pre-weaning drench, drench on weaning, uh, drench after they've been on grass for a period of time. Um, there's different schools of thought with that. But probably what's the key part there is actually finding out if your calves actually have worms or not at that point. So what's really important there is to look at actually faecally count testing because that will give you an idea if there's actually parasites there to be killed. So does somebody have to get their vet in to do that testing for them or can they do it themselves? No, they can do it themselves. Um, all involves is collecting a, a couple of samples of, um, of faeces preferably as fresh as possible. So particularly when they're feeding, you pick up multiple um, animals' um, feces and just combine them together into a into a pottle. Um, you can just get that from the vet clinic and then drop it off to the vet clinic and we'll send it in to get tested. And that will give us an idea of if there's actually parasites present or not. Because depending on your system, some systems, the calves, will not have actually had any access to parasites pre-weaning depending on where they're grazed or if they're a zero graze system pre-weaning finding out that information is really important because drenching them before they need it is just going to be a waste of money and, and effort on your behalf absolutely that's talking about when to first drench them and i guess the same principles probably apply in terms of how often to drench them or when should subsequent drenches be happening as well so the the classic pattern is to drench every 28 days so that's based on Pretty much all the, the parasitic worms we have, basically it takes them about three weeks to start producing eggs to essentially reach maturity once they've been ingested by the calf. So the idea behind 28 days is that you've had a week of eggs being produced and going out into the pasture. And the idea is that those parasites that come from those eggs have not been exposed to a drench at all. So it means that when you drench and kill all the as many of the parasites as you can in those animals, you're 
potentially going to end up with a very, very small number that just happened to be resistant to that drench. And so it means that that genetics of those resistant worms get essentially diluted out by the ones that are already on the pasture. Now that 28 days is a good way to go in situations where there is frequent exposure to parasites on the pasture and in those sort of systems it can be an appropriate drenching interval. But in other systems you may find you can push it out to six weeks because the level of exposure is a lot lower or Conversely, there are some situations where you may actually want to drench more frequently if there's a really large burden on the pasture. So again, it comes back to actually testing of the animals to get an idea of how much parasite burden do they actually have on board and then drenching based off that. Perfect, because if you don't test, you don't know and it's a waste of money using products that doesn't need to be used as well as potentially promoting more resistance if we're drenching more frequently than we have to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You want, you want to reserve your drenches for when you need it. It's a treatment, not a prevention is the best way to think about it because the more we use drenches, the more there is risk of resistance developing. Um, we've already seen widespread resistance to certain actives through sheep and to be honest it probably is present through cattle just no one's really been looking at it until recently some work's been done so it is a situation where if we don't manage it appropriately now we're going to end up in a position where the goat industry is in where they have triple resistance present which just means that that's why a lot of goat dairy systems are cut and carry graze systems with zero grazing just because there's no way to manage the parasites otherwise. Let's talk about the different types of drench. Now, I don't want to go down into the specifics too deeply, but talk to me about oral versus poron versus injectable. When would you think different types of drenches are suitable? Yeah, so oral are really good from a cost point of view. They're normally by far the cheapest of the options that you have. It also, assuming that you have your drench gun calibrated correctly, you know you'll getting the full dose into each animal. In terms of use, it's very effective because obviously it's going into the gut, which is where the worms are, where you want the action to be. So using oral drenches, particularly in younger stock, is really the best way to go. Also with the porons and injectables, quite often they will have what's called an ML, which is one of the active families, which there is a risk of toxicity. So you need to be mindful of using porons or injectables in stock under certain weights, which is typically under 120 kilos because of the risk of an overdose, um, which can cause disease or death in those animals. And we often talk about dosing to the heaviest animal in the group, but obviously if your heaviest animal in the group is over that threshold, but your lighter ones are under, then those lighter animals are, are at very real risk of toxicity. Yeah, definitely. And and what you may find as well, particularly with the likes of porons, it can be a little bit haphazard as to how much goes onto each animal, even though there be a certain amount in the gun. You can get splash coming off it, you can get them rubbing on each other, licking it off each other or licking it off themselves and other different bits and pieces that can alter how much gets absorbed and how quickly, uh, which can all factor into that as well. So typically with the use of drenches, I typically recommend using oral drenches through to they're about a year of age. Now that's obviously going to depend on facilities and, and other bits and pieces. And old rugby injuries and things like that as to how enthusiastic people are to still be oral drenching yeah. our ones. 
But yeah, I mean, in terms of beef systems, there's quite a few beef systems that will oil drench to quite an old age. It, it sort of depends on the on the equipment you have as well. So it's using something like a float hook, which is basically a long extended hook that you attach to your drench gun. So all you have to do is just reach down and, and just hook it into their mouth, even with their head ducked right down in the race, and you can orally drench them from that point. Um, and that avoids actually getting in with them and uh, getting squashed and stood on and all that sort of stuff. So there, there is definitely ways to do it. But yeah, it's going to depend. Using those sort of float drenches is a lot more difficult in a in a dairy yard system where you're not up on an elevated catwalk. So I mean, in those situations, using a pour on or using an injectable may be easier from a health and safety point of view. There, there's been bits of research going back and forth as to whether there's a difference in how effective each one is. The main thing that comes back to is applying it properly so particularly pour on if it's not applied properly so if you're squirting it way too fast and half of it is splashing off or you're squirting it in a way that most of it runs off down the side of the animal or you're doing it on a day when it's raining or where the weather's not good it's definitely not going to be as efficient as it should be so in those situations actually using an injectable product is going to be much better because again you know each animal is getting the full consistent dose um, and you know that it's going to where it needs to go so typically speaking, I would recommend injectables over pour-on in those sort of situations. Another thing you can do as well to check whether what you're using has actually been effective is actually doing what's called a post-drenching check. Mm -hmm. um, so doing a fecally count sort of five to seven days after drenching. Um, and that's going to let you know, is my drenching actually effective? Like, is it actually killing the worms that I'm intending to kill? If you get that it's not actually killing the worms there's it can either be due to issues with actually applying the drench or it could indicate there's actually an issue with resistance okay and i guess can you just take a moment to explain the difference between a post-drenching check versus a fecal egg reduction test because they are different aren't they yeah they are they are quite a bit different so a post-drenching check is essentially just feces from multiple animals pull them together and see whether you get any worms or not. So that is basically check your drench is working. Now a fecal egg count reduction test is a much more involved process of actually using all the different drenches essentially we have available and identifying whether there's resistance within the parasites on your farm. It's much more commonly done on sheep farm, particularly with finishing land blocks, because it's very important to know what drench is gonna work best. But it's definitely possible to do in cattle, but it is a very involved process. So it is something where you definitely want to have a discussion with your vet as to whether whether it's worthwhile doing it for your farm and also what the process sort of is involved so that you get the best benefit from that. It's, it's definitely something that the vet would have to be involved and involves quite a rigorous amount of planning. Uh, it's not something you want to just do off the cuff. Okay, but the post-drench check is something that's pretty simple for somebody to do a week or so after they've done their drenching. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's quite a useful one as well, particularly if you've got some concerns, say if your calves are not doing that well and you've drenched them and they, you're still not convinced whether it's a worm problem or not, or if there's other issues going on, it can be useful just to tick a box just to make sure that the drench isn't the problem that you're having. Perfect. What about refugia, Travis? So it's a term that's often used. So can you explain to us a little bit about refugia, please? Yeah, so refugia is basically the concept is that you are maintaining a population of susceptible worms. So 
parasites that have not been exposed to a drench so that any resistant genetics that have been created through drenching um, are basically diluted out uh, by these susceptible worms to try and prevent resistance developing or at least to slow how quickly it develops. The drenching every 28 days, as we sort of discussed before, is, is kind of a method of refugia. Because um, you're making sure that some of those worms that have not been exposed to the drench yet are left alone long enough to physically get onto the pasture so they can start breeding with a resistant population if there is resistance there. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the idea there. But the way the, the, the proper refugia system works is the idea is that you leave a certain proportion, normally 5 to 10% of the animals not drenched as a means of keeping those susceptible worms going. Now, where refugia can get a little bit tricky is that it can be a fine line between leaving susceptible worms that are going to help you in the long run with your drenching uh, without affecting the weight gain and the health of the animals that you haven't drenched. Um, normal recommendation is to leave the top 5 or 10% of animals based on weight. However, the big caveat with that is that they can't be showing signs of parasitism. So they can't have dirty back ends, they can't be loose, they can't be coughing, they can't be showing signs of, of active parasite infection. Because going back to what you said earlier about drenching, it's a treatment rather than a prevention. If an animal is showing signs of having parasites, we need to treat that. Yeah, and, and that's where people get very gun-shy about the use of refugia, is that they're really worried, and quite rightfully so, they don't want their top 5-10% of the animals to become their bottom 5-10% um, because they miss a drench cycle. So it really depends on... The system that you're using in terms of your grazing management, it depends on your interval you're using, it depends on what if you've done fecal lead counts, if you're already seeing really high levels pre-drench, then you do need to drench everything because then there's just going to be too much risk of clinical disease happening in those animals. So it is very much a selective tool that needs to be used at an appropriate time in an appropriate way. And that's going to be different every year, every system, every farm. It's a good concept and it, and it is a very valuable concept in terms of reducing resistance buildup. But it has to be done appropriately because there's a lot of potential for it to go wrong as well. So it's, it's definitely something that having some discussion with your vet around when to do it, how to do it and actually make a bit of a plan. Perfect. Travis, thank you so much for talking to us all about young stock. You've been able to outline some of the tools, and I think that's a really important word that you've used, that each of these things, they're a tool that can be used in a system. So we've got refugia, which could be a tool. We've got different drench types. We've got fecal egg counting, whether that's being done before making a decision to drench or as a tool after drenching has actually happened to check that that drenching is working the way you want it to. And all of those tools can be used in a plan that you can come up with alongside your vet and your grazier if, you know, if your animals are away at grazing to make sure that your stock are getting the best chance possible to not be suffering any of the effects of parasites. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, very, it's a very big topic. I mean, this really only scratches the top of it in terms of talking about drench and parasite management. And it's a very much an evolving area as we get more knowledge and as we um, come up with better ideas on how to reduce resistance. Um, but the reality is the, the better we manage it now, the longer we are going to be able to use these drenches effectively and actually get benefit from using them. And that's where it's really important to 
be seriously thinking about how we're drenching young stock and how we manage that going forward. Very good. Thank you, Travis. If you'd like to listen to any of the rest of our podcasts, you can find those on our website at anexa.co.nz or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening to In One Ear and Out the Other, and we will talk to you again soon.